Welcome back to episode 102 of the NP Dude. This is Jeff the NP Dude giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's all of our voices, guys, so keep those comments and questions coming. Um, I appreciate it. Just having so much fun. It's been kind of a weird couple days. I just I feel like I'm sick again and I'm fighting another cold. Jeez, oh Pete. I think there's sick kids coughing in my face all day, but you know, whatever. I'm building a good immune system for when I retire. I think that's what I'm doing. We're at like 15, I don't know, 40-ish, 30-something, high 30s. we got a couple more likes, but I have been, haven't been doing much. I've been just kind of silent on Facebook. I haven't done really much. Posted a couple things and picked up a couple more likes. And uh, I appreciate you guys spreading the word and telling your friends about the show. And um, I'm a little bit in arrears because I've been working a lot. And um, scouts and other stuff has taken up a lot of my time. So I just haven't had time to publish my previous show. So I'm kind of putting them in the queue. And I'm going to probably publish both of these around the same time. So um, I'll get some more content out to you guys. But I also wanted to talk about just some, some fun things that I'm seeing online. And just a lot of stuff that's going on that, that um, just scares the crap out of me. And I think everybody out there on Facebook needs to listen to my freaking podcast. <laughs> because there's still so many people that don't know about it. And and I keep seeing a lot of the same comments and the same concerns. And, and I just like, man, I, I don't know how you can not know and be a prescriber and do some of the crap that you're doing out there. And it scares me for you guys. It really, really does. I see a lot of misinformation about what our scope of practice is. And that's a failure of the educational system, in my opinion. But I also think, as a provider, you you should just know. <laughs> you should make it your priority to know what you're doing with, with respect to your scope of practice and what you should and shouldn't be doing. So... Um, Let's do some housekeeping stuff here. So first and foremost, I got a couple people interested in, in me doing legal work, and I haven't even published that show. I just did the one Facebook uh, post about doing legal work in Ohio for people. If they have contracts they want reviewed and want some advice on it, I am charging a, a small but modest fee for uh, contract review. So if you guys are in Ohio and you would like me to review your contract, whether it's to get out of the contract or for you to, to see what the pitfalls are for entering the contract, I'm, I'm, I'm free to help. So email me, jeff at the npdude.com. I will need to see your, your contract and any handbook or any of that kind of stuff. But what I want to do too is I want to let you know is that um, the first time I talk to you is just kind of a freebie time just to see what the scope of what you're doing is because you may not need to pay me services. You might just go listen to my podcast. So I'm not trying to milk anybody, but I got people that want me to read their contracts and I can't do that unless I put time in. So, um, and I can't do it in the car while I'm driving. If I can do it in the car while I'm driving, then man, that'd be awesome. But I can't, so I won't. So I got to charge you. The um, the best way to do that is just to email me. You can PM me through Facebook. That's fine, but email is the best way because that way I can track things and I can reply back to your emails in a confidential way. So we can have some confidentiality there as well because we kind of have to do almost like HIPAA, but not in the legal world. Okay, so there's privileged information, and I don't want to, you know, blow a legal HIPAA, right? I mean, that's a made-up thing, but you know what I mean. Second thing about housekeeping, I got a handful more people purchasing on the uh, the Amazon affiliate link, so I appreciate that. That's awesome. What's the weird thing of the day? What do we see? Um, somebody really loves dog food. I'm telling you, man. Somebody keeps hammering the dog food. <laughs> I don't. It's got to be different people because it's like you know several days apart, and they get. The, but it's like the same brand. It's like weird, right? I can't tell who you guys are, 
but I can tell what's being purchased. Um, so somebody's really loving the dog food. That's cool. Somebody bought like a five pound thing of olives. That's kind of weird, but that's cool. If you're into olives, I'm not an olive fan. I can't, I maybe they're making a bunch of martinis or something. I don't know. Somebody bought a five pound can of olives. Um, so it doesn't matter what it is, guys. You could, you could buy a new TV, a, a laptop. You could buy, a, you know, the toilet paper. I could care less what you're buying through there. Just use my Amazon affiliate link. Here's how you do it. You go to my website, not Facebook page, thenpdude.com. You go ahead and scroll down if you're on your mobile device. If, it, if you're on your laptop, then you just go look on the right side. You'll see a banner that says Amazon.com on it. You click on that thing, and it takes you right to Amazon. You do the shopping you otherwise would have done. And what it does is it uh, kicks me back a couple percent. doesn't cost you anything more. Just, a, just another website you go through with a couple more keystrokes, and uh, you're off and running. So I appreciate you guys doing that. I haven't had anybody else tell me that they've had a problem with pop-up blockers, so I'm assuming it's working, um, And uh, but that might be an issue. So if you can't get it to work, please try taking your pop-up blocker off and then doing it, but uh, I appreciate you guys doing that. It's fantastic. It's a great way for me to, to uh, help pay for the hosting of uh, the web website. Things are getting a lot, you know, I'm getting a lot of content there, so it's a lot of data storage, and my price is definitely going to go up next year. I, I just know I'm going to hit the threshold of where I am now, and uh, and I'm okay with that, as long as I can get some help to pay for it. That's great. Fantastic. The other thing is, is um, I want to hear you guys um, spreading the word. I want to see shares. I want to see likes. I want to see people telling their friends at school, you know, that, that uh, if you're in your APRN class and you're trying to learn your scope of practice and what the pitfalls are, this is the perfect show for that. This is the perfect thing. I mean, it's it, this is an APRN class that, in my opinion, is done better. Because I didn't learn crap in mine. I had to teach the people around me. And that's where I thought about this, this show. It's like, man, people just don't know this stuff. And I can't believe they're not teaching it. So um, I encourage you to tell your friends in, in class to know what your scope of practice is. Because we're going to talk about that next. Facebook thread came out, I don't know, a couple days ago. It says... What's, what's the rule on prescribing for family? And I've done that a couple times already, so I'm not going to get into that so much. But what happened was there was a sub-thread that somebody put in there, and I saw, I saw one of my, my chronic intractables. That's, that's the, the, the fans of the show, in case you're new to this. A chronic intractable is a person that uh, is always there, never goes away, and uh, that's, they're, they're supporting the show. That's, that's a term of endearment. It's not condescending in any way. And I think it's kind of funny, so that's why I use it. But um, one of my chronic intractables, I saw them comment on there. So I was like, oh, okay, well, this is a pretty smart person. I'm going to go see what they had to say about this. And uh, so I scrolled down through because a lot of times I just skip over those because I've done that, done the crap out of that um, topic. And I'm not going to get sucked in. I don't have time. <laughs> to get, but, but I kind of got sucked in. And I saw somebody was posting. And it, she might even be a fan of the show. I don't know. She might even like the show. And it's not that you're not smart. It's just I think you're misguided. Um, here was the comment. I'll do refills for people I don't know. <laughs> that was all like that she said. I was like, Yeesh, don't do that. That's insane. You need to know what your 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 scope of practice is. You, you can't just do that, right? Um so it really depends on your state. That's the first thing. So re, regrouping back on prescribing for family members. I've done it a bunch of times. You can go back and put prescribing for family or, or family or something like that in the search bar on my website, and it'll give you like two or three shows on it. I can't even remember how many I've done on it. I think episode 29 is the one I posted in that thread said, here, take a look. But the thing is, is that you, you can't in Ohio, and I bet it's the same most places, you can't 
prescribe a medication for somebody that you haven't physically assessed or have knowledge of. And it's different in Ohio between a physician and a nurse practitioner. A physician, they don't need to see them or physically assess them. They can take the word of the nurse that's calling them at you know 2 a.m. and somebody's crashing and they can give a verbal order over the phone and that's okay. But a nurse practitioner is in theory not allowed to do that unless they physically assess the patient. Now, what is the definition of that? And I think it's loosey-goosey on how, they, how the board would, would reconcile that. Unless there was a problem, then they would come down hard on you. But what I think they would do is they would say, if you physically assess the patient for this illness, it seems to be the, te- the, the way I do it. So if I had somebody come in to my office for uh, upper respiratory type infection, kind of cough, you know, sinus drainage, all that stuff. But what I'm seeing is viral. I don't see anything bacterial. It's been two days and it's not, and I say, nope, I'm not giving you an antibiotic. You know, go home, drink, drink plenty of water and feel better tomorrow. You know, we're in two or three days. And it stinks, but that's about the best you can do. And, and they go away, and I, but I always tell my patients this because they always want an antibiotic, and I tell them this because it's kind of a cop-out answer for me, and I think it's a good, good way to do care. But what I tell them is if you're, if you're not feeling better in seven days, you're calling me, and you're coming back in, and I need to see you. Or if it's somebody that I know is working, and they just don't have time, and I talk to them, it, give me a call. If you're, if you're at work and you're still feeling bad, but you've got to go to work, in, in my community that I'm working in, if they're working, fantastic. I'm going to do everything I can to let them work. So what I do is I'll, I'll say, you know what, give me a call. Do you have any antibiotic allergies? I kind of clear it. I do my education if I need to give you know, do Levaquin or anything like that or any, any antibiotic education. I do it then as though I was giving it. And then I say, call me if you're not better and I'll put in the antibiotic order. Send it right to your pharmacy. And so I can do that, right? That's okay. Or if somebody I've treated in the past with hypertension medication and I've seen them, laid eyes on them, I know them, I look in their chart, I double check everything and make sure that that's the right dosage, I'll refill a medicine over the phone. That's not a big deal. I'll even, I'll even fill it, you know, two or three months of it until their next appointment because they didn't know they were running out or something. So that's okay. But this, this individual is like, no, I don't have any liability. The other person's taking all the liability because they're their provider. I'm not their provider. I'm just refilling their med. And I was like, Wow. Wow. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm really not. But as an attorney, my God, if you screw up, you are done. You will never work again with that attitude. You're just too lackadaisical with your license. That's insane to me. You got to tighten that up. You just can't do that. And and so what, what I wanted to talk about more than, you know, family prescriptions and, you know, you know people you don't know and stuff like that. Because I've done that. Episode 29 is where it starts, and I think I did one in the 50s or 60s, too. So you go back and listen to those if you want. Go listen to all of them. That's the best way to do it, right? The, the, um, the thing that I really want to talk about is how do you define whether you have a client relationship? Because that was part of this thread. It was or this sub-thread. It was, man, that's a beautiful sunrise. Wow, is that pretty. Sorry, I just came over a hill, and it's just beautiful. Wow, that's awesome. All right, today's going to be a good day. Okay. Um... Sorry, that was distracting. I know, right? Sunset can, can, or sunrise can throw me off. The, um, the point that I wanted to get to was, you know, what, what really creates this relationship? And what's the expectation? And that's really what you're looking at, is the expectation of the client. So, so if, if somebody says, hey, you know, I, I, I got this swollen big toe, and they're at, you know, it's a, it's a, 
buddy of mine that's at uh, you know soccer game and he's limping around and he comes up to me and goes Jeff I you know I got this toe is killing me can you help me out and I'm like well you're not a patient of mine so no <laughs> I can't but let's just assume that I say yes because I would never do that but let's assume I would say yes I would you know I'd give him steroids and maybe some ibuprofen or something I don't know his labs I don't know his kidney function I don't know anything about this guy. I, I know nothing about him. Is he a diabetic? Is he not a diabetic? Is he an uncontrolled diabetic? And I'm going to put him in the DKA. I, you know, I, what am I going to... You don't know. It's an inoculum. Oh, prednisone. It's not that big a deal, right? Just some prednisone and ibuprofen. You can go buy ibuprofen over the counter for crying out loud. Y- yes, you can. But maybe their practitioner has said, don't take ibuprofen because you got a GFR of 32. And you're not in that room to know that. So there's some... some pitfalls right off the bat that it's just stupid that you could hurt somebody now there was later on in this person started kind of double backed and said no i checked the chart and i make sure that it's appropriate okay that's that's a little different but the, the problem is let's go back to my hypothetical so i got my guy he gave my buddy i give him some meds and i ask him the right questions but he doesn't want to let me know that he's a diabetic because then he doesn't want people to know he's you know he's a diabetic or whatever maybe he's ashamed of something i don't know but he doesn't want me to know all his history and that might be pertinent information. So I, I don't have a chart, number one. And I don't know this guy's real history, number two. And I'm throwing my, my, my medications at this guy with a bottle with my name on it. So let's assume that something happens to this guy. I do it. I give him prednisone. I give him all this stuff. And whatever the, the worst case scenario you can imagine would be. Say DKA and he dies because I, I pushed him over the edge with the steroids. Maybe that's something, right? Maybe that could happen. It's remote, but it could. What what liability do I have? <laughs> you got all the friggin' liability. This is, this is so stupid. As soon as you put your name on a bottle and you give it to a patient, you have all the liability of that medication and all the subsequent connected things. Now, how do you know that? How do you measure that? It's all tort liability. And it goes back to that malpractice episode I did way back when at the beginning of this show. I don't know, 10 months ago. And it was all about, you know, what the the components of a tort was and what is malpractice by definition and, you know, all these things that that you you, kind of have to look at. And it comes down to standard of care. It's usually where we're we're fighting for of what's the standard of care. Well, standard of care is you, you know, have a patient that's actually in your practice. That's pretty much standard of care. So there's some liability right there. The other thing, the other prong is that you have a duty that's owed to the client, right? So you have a duty the second that you put put your name on a bottle and give that medicine to somebody, you have a duty owed. So you are creating a relationship in which you could own liability. Do you have to have them as a client in your practice to owe a duty? You do not. You don't. Absolutely no. All they have to do is they have to have a duty. <laughs> it's duties owed right there. Boom. I have a duty not to hurt somebody with a medication and know their history. And it's owed to this person because I'm giving them that medicine. I mean, it couldn't be more clear cut. Go back and listen to my malpractice show. It will make so much more sense if you just go back and listen. I don't know what episode. It was in the first 10. Go listen to that one. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. And then it makes more sense. Because you, you have these three, this three-pronged test about whether you're, you, have, you have liability. It doesn't matter if you have a payment relationship, a fiduciary relationship with a client. It doesn't matter that you've got their insurance card information. That has nothing to do with your liability. Period. Nothing. 
whether they pay you or not doesn't dictate whether you owe them a duty. And the, the person kept hanging up on client. They're not my client. They're the other person's client. They're the one making the money off of them. So what? It does not matter. You have an obligation. To, if you are writing a prescription, you have a 100% obligation and it's 100% yours. You, can, you can't even split that liability with that other person. So let's say, for example, let's change the hypothetical a little bit. Let's say you gave them um, lisinopril. And they've been on lisinopril for a decade and they've never had a problem with it. Their blood, pre- blood pressure has been extremely well controlled. Everything's wonderful. And the person has a stroke. And so they go to the hospital and they die, right? So now you've got a wrongful death claim that's out there. Now, who's going to get sued? The last prescription for hypertension medicine has your name on it. Do you think your name is going to get named in that lawsuit? You bet your sweet ass it is. Even if they didn't have a stroke due to hypertension, say they had AFib and they threw a clot, they weren't properly anticoagulated, does not matter. You are on the liability hook. Now, does that mean that you would be completely liable for that? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on your state. Depends on if they have contributory negligence. We'll get into that some other day, I think. But um, most states do. So you get like a percentage share of your liability towards whatever that wrongful death would be. So if, you know, this wrongful death of this, you know, 30-year-old guy that's got young kids, he's extremely, extremely um, um, good plaintiff for the, for the, for the plaintiff's side. I mean, it's just, man, it just is so sad. And you know, he's got these beautiful kids and, and his wife is distraught and, oh my God, could you imagine being the defense on that one? That's more, you're going to settle that one. <laughs> you're not going to court with that one. You're going to lose. You're going to lose big time. But just imagine what would be your share of that. It might be a couple thousand bucks. It might be nothing. It might be a, a decent portion. They, they just, they, you just don't know. Right. Um, I, I just it, it scares me that a provider that's been out giving medications to people is not taking it that seriously. And you guys need to because it, even if nothing happens that's wrong, that's going to hurt people, and you did everything right, the problem is is that if you're not following your board's rules or you're kind of fuzzy on the board's rules, it takes one physician in the community that doesn't like nurse practitioners that wants to see every one of you fail is going to start making file, making and filing claims against you if they find out about it. And it's easy for a physician or for a practitioner to find out if the medications are being filled by someone else. Because the patient's coming in, you know, three months later. They, they just got three months from you and now they come in, you know, they missed their appointment because they don't need to go see them because they got their, their meds. And they come in late and say, well, where have you been? Oh, I missed my appointment. Well, why'd you miss your appointment? Well, I got my buddy to fill it. Who's your buddy? <laughs> no, all they got to do is call the pharmacy. Say, who refilled that last time? And then they file a complaint against you and you lose your license or get suspended or you pay fine. None of, the, none of which are good, good plans. All because you helped the buddy out because they couldn't, you know, make an appointment with their provider. Stupid. Don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it. You guys are going to get dinged. I, I, the chances of it happen is slim, but the problem is, is that all you got to do is just make one wrong enemy. You took the wrong client away from, from a physician in the community, and they will call, and you're. I'm just being paranoid, but man, don't do it. You wish you wouldn't if you... You wish you didn't if you do it, and something happens, so don't do it. What else we got going on, guys? I don't know. <laughs> I get aggravated when I see really silliness out there. Don't be silly. 
So what else is going on? Let's think about this. Um, I had another one that came through about... Um, let me pull it up here. Hold on one second. All right, sorry. It was about... Um, if you see something wrong in your practice, what like what's the threshold at which you um, are compelled to go change that, like an ethics violation thing? And and this is it really depends. This is my favorite answer, right? It depends. It depends on what the what the situation is. If somebody is going to be hurt or die, you got to call. You got to call the cops, or you got to you got to alert the authorities of whatever it is, right? That's like number one, and that's that's pretty well established. So if somebody's gonna you know commit suicide, you know you kind of have to call nine one one and get them an ambulance like right now. They're actively have suicide ideation, that type of thing. But what if it's like you know minor HIPAA violations or um, someone's you know calling in medications for someone and and not following the rules? Do you have an obligation to notify? the state board about those things and and it really depends on what board you're talking about and it depends on what their practice is in each of those boards so it really really depends on your state i encourage you to read your nurse practice act and see if it explicitly states that you have an obligation to um notify them of of that of an incident in ohio it's basically you know you have a moral obligation to not be a scumbag is really what it boils down to there's no explicit you know you have to turn people in now as an attorney we do have that as one of the canons of canons of ethics if i see a slimy attorney doing something wrong if i don't turn them in then i could be held liable too i could lose my license for it so there's a much stronger moral turpitude section in, in the in the attorney section in this in the supreme court's rules at least in Ohio anyways, and it's pretty standard everywhere for the canons of ethics are pretty, there's a federal version of it that they are a, a model rule, and most of them adopted that, and that's that's pretty common. But as an NP, it's kind of wishy-washy. It really is. So it really depends on the specific situation. So if your specific situation is out there, I would say you let me know what it is. I'd love to talk about it and, and not to blow anybody's, you know, idea or anything and get them in trouble but if there's a specific circumstance that you were thinking about there chronic intractable i'd love to hear what it is because uh if you're seeing that in your practice or you're seeing it in your clinicals then i would like to know about it because you know when i come across that i want to have a plan i don't want to i don't want to get blindsided either and and be like man i really under the pressure duress of making a decision blew it all right, we're crushing it. Look at this. We're going to go 90. Oh, you hear the engine roar? There it is. That's right. I'm passing you, Hummer. <laughs> there we go. So, um, but yeah, let me know what it is, guys. Um, I want to hear from you. I really, really do. I want to know what's going on. I want you to email me, jeff at the npdude.com. You can catch me on Facebook. You can give me a personal message through just me personally, too, Jeff Powers. Don't forget to uh, like and share the show. Don't forget to use the Amazon affiliate link. And uh, don't forget if you're in Ohio and you need some, some contract work, you know, just get, shoot me an email, send me a, send me a note. Let me know what's going on and uh, I'll uh, give you my phone number. We can talk for a little bit, just kind of go through what's going on, see if there's something there that I think we can help you with. If it's uh, something that I don't think we're going to really go anywhere with, I'm not going to take your money. Most lawyers will. They'll be like, oh, well, uh, don't tell me anymore. You know, you got enough. You got a claim here. Let's get together and I'll charge you 500 bucks. And that's, that's not what I'm doing. So um, I'm trying to help you guys out. I want to make sure that you guys are making smart decisions and getting educated. And uh, my, my expectation is is that once I help somebody with, with their contract, 
my goal is for you to be an educated consumer in the future and uh, not need me. You know, I'm kind of working myself out of a job doing this, but that's okay. That's what, that's what, uh, you know, I'm trying to promote the profession. I want us all to work together and do good work. So don't forget to email me that and um, let's see what else. Oh, Roden and Fields. You guys want Roden and Fields? You guys can uh, contact me. I'll get you in touch with my wife. She's a consultant. She started doing it a couple months ago. She's doing good at it. So if uh, if you guys need Roden and Fields, skin cream stuff, all that, whatever it is, let me know. I'll get it for you. Have a wonderful day, guys. It is a beautiful day. It's going to be wonderful. There's not a cloud in the sky. It's absolutely gorgeous in Ohio. It's cool. The leaves are changing. Beautiful. So I want you guys to enjoy what you do. Be smart. Be safe. Have fun. And uh, we'll talk soon.